Welcome to the All About Alts podcast, where we explore the world of alternative investing to help you find financial independence. Join our host, Newview Trust's president, Jason DeBono, as he covers a variety of topics with different guest speakers to discuss tax and alternative investing strategies. It is never too late to start taking control of your financial future, and we are so excited for you to be joining us for this opportunity to hear from some of the best in the business. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the All About Alts podcast. I am your host, Jason DeBono, and I am joined by Jerry Chu from Lofty.ai. Exciting group and and really excited, Jerry, to have you here. Thanks for having me here. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, you know, I I was introduced to to Lofty uh, actually through one of our clients uh, who I've gotten to know over the years that uh, is an investor uh, in uh, in Lofty.ai. And uh, it's really cool. And and I love podcasts like this because I think sometimes uh, I may be the most intrigued one to start and uh, get some questions answered that I have. And I'm sure a lot of my questions uh, are going to be the same types of questioners our listeners have. So uh, I think everybody's in uh, for a treat today. Um, let's just start with what's lofty, right? What What is it at a high, high level? And we'll talk a little bit about how it kind of came to be. Yeah. Um, at a very high level, lofty is essentially a marketplace where anyone can come and sell and buy real estate. The difference is instead of traditionally, which is one seller to one buyer, um, the real estate is fractionalized. And so you can come in and sell a portion of a house that you own, um, or you can come in and buy a portion of another house that someone else owns, right? And this creates a lot of flexibility and gives people the ability to invest and create a real estate portfolio all across the country and then manage it themselves completely um, online, virtually, without ever having to set foot into the property or visit a different state. It's so fascinating to me. And and I love this fractional ownership of real estate because it it really takes the idea and some of the the real hurdles for a lot of people to get into real estate and it strips them down. Uh, I think the minimum investment's like 50 bucks, uh, if I recall, or maybe even smaller than that. Yeah. So... Um, when a property is first converted into these uh, fractional shares, when someone onboards it onto our platform um, available for our users to purchase, they always start uh, at $50 uh, per share. But as time goes on, some properties will, as you know, it's the general real estate market. We don't control these assets. We don't co-invest alongside our users. We don't own these properties and flip them onto our users. We're just a marketplace. And so, you know, in the general real estate market, some properties outperform and some properties underperform. And so overall, you'll see the free market kind of take over where some properties will actually trade above their originally, um, you know, uh, listed price, while others will actually trade below it, which in many cases represents actually a good deal. There are specific users on our platform that don't actually uh, purchase uh, any interest in properties when they're first onboarded into the platform, they wait until they can see potentially and get a discount. Or if they believe other people have mispriced the property, they will come in and, and buy it at a heavily discounted price. Right. You know, it, it's so cool to talk through this idea of kind of a, a, a per unit price because it really takes real estate uh, from its, its core, uh, you know, today and it really starts to make it replicate a lot like the stock market. Yeah, um, that's exactly it. I think, you know, the stock market and real estate market a long, long time ago were extremely similar. 
Um, there was no exchange. Everything was done peer to peer. In fact, I believe I learned this actually in school when I uh, studied financial engineering. It was a story one of the professors told. I believe the way Wall Street formed was actually because back in the day, there was no exchange, right? There was no uh, New York Stock Exchange, no NASDAQ. So there was a specific location on Wall Street where all the traders and people who are buying and selling stocks would just meet up in person and say, I'm selling, you know, three shares of company X. And then you would do these peer-to-peer -peer transactions. And real estate is that way as well, if you think about it. When you're buying a house, typically you, you do use representation like a real estate agent and use companies like escrow companies and lawyers. But at the end of the day, you are buying just from another person, right? There is no sort of centralized exchange, if you will. Now, the stock market obviously evolved into what it is today. And one of the main benefits has been, um, you know, transparent market prices and also uh, greater market efficiencies, right? So that if something is mispriced very quickly, someone uh, will come in arbitragers and they will make sure that the price reflects, um, you know, an actual true market price that people agree on. Real estate, unfortunately, has not benefited from that. And so you often see this um, in the market where it's very localized. A lot of things are mispriced. Uh, and we believe with, you know, greater transparency and, and you know, more efficient pricing that they'll improve this industry as well. Well, it's, it, it's very... Um you know, exciting to kind of see that parallel. And and uh, I love that story about Wall Street. It, you know, can you imagine back in the day, you know, kind of showing up with your stock certificates, uh, you know, under your arm and, and, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> and I'd, I'd almost even say convincing, right? If you're a seller, you know, you're, you're making a case for this third party company for, to, yeah. to whomever you're selling it to or vice versa. So, um, you exactly. know, seeing real estate bought and sold in a way where, yeah, maybe a little bit of this market equilibrium is created. Uh, organically, um, and some of this mispricing, whether it's too high or too low, is it, it works itself out. How 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 did you get here? I mean, your 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 background. You, you were at Barclays in their uh, Treasury Risk Management, right? So uh, you're you're a USC undergrad, um, but you've got a, a a master's in financial engineering, right? Like, walk us through this kind of uh, twisting and turning, and and how did Lofty kind of come to fruition? Yeah, um, great question. So it's been an interesting journey for sure. I would say when I was younger, um, you know, growing up, I've always been really, um, you know, a quantitative person, like numbers come naturally to me, sciences come naturally to me. Um, so I was always interested in, in that field. And, you know, one of the jokes is always like, if you study math, like you end up being a math teacher or like a math professor. And I was like, that's not really necessarily the career that I want, despite being very interested in math. So what else could you do? And then over the years, um, a new field kind of emerged called financial engineering. And so you hear this a lot now where they're, they're referred to as quants. So people that work at hedge funds, um, at you know, quantitative trading firms, um, high frequency trading firms. They make a really good living. And these are all like incredibly smart people, sometimes with backgrounds in rocket science, pure mathematics, physics, things like that. And they're basically applying these numbers to, you know, the stock market or financial instruments as opposed to what they're traditionally trained for. Um, and so when I learned about that, I was like, oh, great, I get to pursue something I'm interested in um, and simultaneously have a good career. So I kind of... Um, planned my career in that direction, right? So study math for undergrad, then got my degree in uh, financial engineering, and then went to work um, actually briefly on Wall Street. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, when you're working for a big bank, 
there was a lot of regulations that were introduced after the last financial crisis um, in 08. And pretty much, you know, proprietary trading has mostly basically been killed off um, at all these big banks. So a lot of the things I thought I would be able to do at some point um, is just not feasible anymore unless the, the regulations change, which I don't see it happening. And so you end up, you know, there's still interesting work, but it wasn't quite what I imagined it to be. And so that's when I decided, you know, I don't really see myself doing 30, 20, 30 years of this for my career. So uh, I wanted to pivot into tech. So I taught myself how to code and I went to work at another startup where I met uh, one of my co-founders uh, at Lofty today. And, you know, I talked to him about this business idea that I've always had, which is actually how Lofty originally started. Um, and the idea was basically you could take all this, what we call unconventional data sources. So think geotag uh, tweets and Instagram photos and, and things you don't traditionally use, um, but have location tags in them. You could actually build um, artificial intelligence, um, you know, a neural network to actually ingest this type of data and sort of predict which neighborhoods um, in real estate would be better for investments uh, in the near future because it was essentially predicting which neighborhoods would gentrify in the near future. So basically it could kind of like tell you that, you know, like look what happened to Brooklyn, right? You know, walking backwards, everyone would be like, oh, I wish I bought something there 20 years ago or like 10 years ago. Um, and this algorithm essentially was aiming to do that. It would tell you ahead of time, like, hey, this neighborhood based on, you know, people posting on Instagram, the type of new businesses opening up and the reviews left for these businesses seems like, hey, this area is starting to really take off and it might be worthwhile to, to you know, purchase and invest in real estate there. So that was our initial business model. And we sold that as a subscription product. So we started getting a lot of users coming in um, who are interested in, you know, buying their first rental property, investment property, and they wanted to use this tool to help them uh, filter out uh, geographies, right? Otherwise you go on Zillow and there's like 10,000 <laughs> properties available for sale. Like wh which one do you even look at, right? And so they were using that as a filtering tool. So we did quite well and actually grew that uh, a bit, but we quickly noticed what we describe as a, a more interesting opportunity, which is we noticed a high degree of churn from our existing user base. And they were coming to us and saying like, hey, love the software, you know, but um, man, like I'm, I'm like a software engineer or like I, I have another job, like my full-time job is consulting. I was going to do this on the side. But even though I found the location I was interested in, that was like maybe 10% of the work. And then actually like making offers, finding deals and like trying to close on them and then like dealing with loans and mortgages and, and you know, like it, all that annoying stuff you typically do in traditional real estate investing, that was 90% of the work. And they just got frustrated, even though they found a location and, and properties that were, they were interested in. Oftentimes, after five or six months, they haven't closed a single deal yet. And they've spent hours on this work. And so they just came back and they're like, you know, this is great, but I, I don't really think it's for me. Like, I wish there was an easier way to, to invest. And that's kind of when the light bulbs came on our heads. It's like, hey, what if instead of just finding and sourcing properties for people saying like, hey, maybe you should look at this one. Um, we directly just built in a way where they can say, yeah, I love that property. I want to buy it. And they just click a button and, and they were now the owner and they benefit from all the typical um, you know, tax benefits and, and ownership benefits of investing in real estate. So we then looked for a method to be able to do that and ultimately pivoted our business model to what Lofty is today. 
Oh, you know, it's amazing to hear kind of the origins and, and you know, some of the left and right turns that were taken and, and ultimately, uh, you know, so May of 2021, Lofty officially launches on the marketplace side. Uh, I mm -hmm. mean, you guys have been quoted in Forbes and the Business Journal and, you know, uh, NBC. I mean, how's how's that been? I mean, that's a lot of activity in a short period of time. You know, where's Lofty at today, you know, in terms of milestones and, and kind yeah. of what lies ahead? Absolutely. So, um, you know, it, it definitely seems like we hit, you know, um, like is pinpointed to the right problem uh, based on us basically talking to our users constantly and seeing like, what is your actual pain point? And what we figured out was there's lots of people in the world that regardless of whether they have the money or not, um, because the process itself is so high friction, there's just a lot of people that are interested in investing and managing their own real estate properties, but it's such a pain to do it. And so a lot of them just either don't do it at the scale that they want to, or just don't get into it at all, right? And so this desire to own something real, I think it's maybe stems from a part of the American dream, if you will. Um, and so it definitely resonates with a lot of people. Um, if you pitch investment, other asset classes like stocks, bonds, even cryptocurrencies to a certain extent, you know, not everyone's necessarily interested in it, but I've yet to meet someone where if you ask them a question like, hey, would you like to invest in own real estate? you know, it, it, as part of your portfolio in life, like I've never heard anyone just flat out say like, no, I have zero interest right. in uh, holding real estate. So I think that's the the main point. And that's why it's resonated with so many people, um, you know, of all ages and demographics and, and background. Um, so we're really excited about that. And we're very fortunate to have that kind of attention. So over the last, you know, two, two-ish years, we've successfully, um, you know, onboarded and, and essentially uh, fractionalized over 140 properties to date. Um, you know, and they're, they represent a variety of asset classes. Like we have a strip mall right now on the platform where the main tenant uh, is uh, anchor tenants are McDonald's and Domino's and it's a triple net lease. So we have commercial properties like that. Um, and then we also have single family properties. We have duplexes, triplexes, um, and we have Airbnbs on the platform. So it's really a diverse set of uh, asset classes that you're able to, um, you know, reach through our platform. And over the years, we've done over at this point, probably 39, closer to $40 million worth of transactional volume. Um, wow. Yeah, so it's been really exciting to see the business grow. Well, that that's absolutely incredible. And what a great, great concept. Um, you know, excited to, uh, to dig in a little bit on the actual mechanics of it. You know, what does it look mm -hmm. like? What does it mean? Um, so we're, we're going to hold that for just a minute. We're going to yeah. take a quick sidestep here to our quirky questions of the day. Uh, we're going to put you on the hot seat, Jerry. Uh, these are listener submitted questions. So uh, we'll have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, Maggie's got the envelopes. We're going middle envelope. Uh, if you do want to submit quirky questions, you can do that to Maggie with a Y at newviewtrust.com with a U. Uh, and we'll get those added to the envelopes here. Jerry, you ready to go? Let's do it. All right. Question one. Does a straw have one hole or two? <laughs> uh, it technically has two or else it doesn't function properly. <laughs> All right. Well, as, and as a, as a quant guy, you know, no matter how you answered that, I want you to know I was going to automatically just assume it's the right answer. So we got you. With <laughs> yeah, no I think it might be a more of a philosophical question, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a little truth to that for sure. 
Um, all right, number two, we'll get off the quant stuff and, and get into to the food stuff. If a burger is made with, if a burger is made with as a plant-based patty, is it still mm -hmm. a burger? Ooh, that's a tough one because technically a burger is, you know, it, it doesn't have to be meat-based. That's a burger is how you make the food, which is two buns with lettuce, tomatoes, and some sort of uh, patty in, in between. It doesn't have to be meat. But I know a lot of people would consider sacrilege to have a burger that is plant-based. So I really think that depends on where you come from. If you're in Texas, the answer is no. If you're outside of Texas, the answer is probably yes. <laughs> you know, and that's probably a pretty good geographic lesson for all of us. I think you're right about that. Um, I, that that's always a, an interesting one. And I, I've always asked, you know, which which I love. Um, and I have to say that the plant-based stuff, whether, you, you know, you're, you eat it permanently or whether you eat it occasionally, it's amazing how close mm -hmm. and how much a lot of the plant-based foods taste like whatever yep. food it is that, that, that they're similar to. Um, but it is always interesting. Like it's a Turkey burger. Like, why isn't it called something uniquely, you know, called on its own or if it's plant-based, yeah. why isn't it called, yeah. uh, you know, something unique, but I suppose you're right. A burger is a burger. The, uh, the protein doesn't really matter. Yeah, definitely. And, and the technology is getting better. So I think, at some point, when you start doing blind taste, uh, you know, maybe five, 10 years in the future, I don't think people will be able to tell anymore. Even those like extreme meat lovers, I think they won't be able to tell anymore. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, I really, I was surprised I had one of the, I think it's Beyond Meat, um, mm -hmm. the, you know, and I'm not, you know, I don't know, uh, other than a little bit of texture, um, you know, if your yeah. eyes were closed and you ate it, yeah, it's pretty darn yeah. close. Yeah. So, <laughs> I put enough ketchup and ranch on my burger anyways. It really doesn't matter what the protein exactly. is anymore. So, exactly. All right, Jerry, last question. And we'll let you off the, the hook. This is uh, a, uh, uh, an A or B answer. Texting or phone calls? I'm a millennial, so it's A. I, I prefer texting. It's just faster uh, and more flexible for me. All right. Texting it is. I, I, I think the world... Uh, you know, is is moving completely in that direction. Uh, and for all the same reasons, you know, you you can fight it all you want. But at the end of the day, the convenience <laughs> factor of it, uh, man, it yep. is really nice just getting to the point and moving on. Yep. All right, Jerry, you are officially off the hot seat. Thank you to uh, to those listening that, that submitted uh, quirky questions. Please continue to do so. Uh, always one of my favorite parts of the show. Well, Jerry, now we can kind of shift gears a little bit. You know, we kind of talked about how Lofty came to be. We've talked mm -hmm. a little bit about kind of what Lofty is, you know, at a high level. Yeah. Let, let's kind of dig in a little bit. So, you know, Lofty creates fractional ownership as a marketplace uh, for investors to buy actual real estate. So you're seeing yeah. the actual property and understanding the details. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm an investor... And I want to go put, uh, let's just say, five hundred dollars, uh, if you will, into uh, a, a property that's on there. Let's say that strip plaza, because I think you've given that example, the the piece of commercial real estate. How's it work? You know, what does yeah. it look like mechanically, and and what does it mean for me as an investor? Yeah, exactly. That's a great question. Um, so let's start at the top, right? Um, what we wanted to build was a platform that mimicked, and and basically not even mimic, but essentially provided you all the benefits and the things that people love about real estate investment, 
process-wise, right? And then just simply remove away all the frictions and problems and the things people hate about the process, right? And so if you think about it, there's every year thousands of people go out and they you know, purchase rental uh, homes that they rent out and manage on their own or they have a third-party property manager manager for them, right? Um, and how, how does that work? Well, typically the investor or owner will own it through an LLC, right? As an entity. So the deed is actually owned by the LLC. And then you as the owner, you own the LLC outright. And by proxy, that is how you own the property. Now you would want to do that typically um, for liability protection, right? So this way someone slips on your driveway and sues you, you know, only your maximum exposure is that property. Like worst case scenario, you lose the property, right? That people can't come after your personal assets. So it's a smart thing to do. So that's actually exactly how it works on Lofty. So if you extend that model to say, now what if instead of one owner, right, there's two owners, let's say you and your brother or a family member decide to co-invest in a property together. Well, it's the same thing, but now maybe each of you own 50% of the LLC, right? So essentially the ownership of the real estate has been fractionalized and people don't even realize it, right? Mm -hmm. Now there's two owners, each owning 50%. Now you keep extending this example out and now maybe you have a hundred owners. Now each person might own 1% or one person owns 20% and the other person owns, you know, uh, 12%, whatever they desire, right? And that becomes really flexible where people can now have the ability to say, the house is still the same house. It's still worth the same price. Let's say it's a million dollars. But now someone can say, well, I only have $10,000. Normally I wouldn't be able to invest in a million dollar house, but now I can by owning just $10,000 worth of this property, right? So that's how the mechanism works legally underneath. Um, so every property on our platform um, was originally brought on by just a, a person, a, a person looking to sell the, the property. We don't select properties for our users. We don't uh, even bet them. We don't tell you that, hey, this is a good deal versus a bad deal. We're not a fund manager, right? Um, and every property is owned through that mechanism I just described. So every property is owned by an LLC. And when you invest and purchase ownership in one of these properties, um, you are basically purchasing ownership of that LLC and by proxy, the under, you know, underlying property that the LLC holds, sure. it does nothing but operate and own that one property. So that's mechanically and legally how everything works. Then the next step is, okay, let's say you're interested in a property. You know that despite the fact you might not have all the money or you know, you're not interested in putting all your eggs in one basket. So you want to diversify into multiple properties. Um, what's the next step that you would do in the traditional real estate market? Well, you would basically perform some sort of due diligence test on the property. You would get document. You would look at the inspection reports. You would look at the appraisal reports to see like, eh, how much is this property really worth? Do I think it's a good deal for me or not? What is a cap rate? Is there currently a tenant paying rent, right? Like who is the property manager, right? Things like that, that you would kind of vet. Um, so you do the exact same thing on Lofty. Again, we don't manage assets for you. We don't tell you a, a property A is a good investment you know, versus property B. Every property you see on our platform um, has a little tab at the bottom where you can actually see uh, a, a documents tab. And in it is publicly available for all. You don't even have to have an account to see these. Um, the exact documents I just described, appraisal reports, inspection reports, every receipt. Um, for maintenance that's been done on the property is publicly available for you to download and, and vet, right? And so the idea is basically you would find these properties on our platform, perform these diligence yourself and say, hey, 
I like this property. I read through everything. It makes sense to me. I want to invest in it. And then the next part is all the technology we build, basically bypassing the need for an agent, bypassing the need for um, escrow companies. You just click a button. You can pay with your credit card. You can pay through ACH transfers. You can do bank wires. You can even pay with cryptocurrencies if you want to, right? Um, and and now immediately within four seconds, you legally become an owner. And our platform handles, um, you know, all the things it tells you how much money you've made, how much rent you've earned, um, when you go to withdraw rental income, right? That that are distributions to you. Um, every LLC has its own bank account that is separately custody. It is not, uh, you know, uh, controlled by Lofty, but we build the uh, API software so that when you withdraw money that belongs to you, that's all you can withdraw because there's money that belongs to your fellow co-owners in there as well. So it gives you the ability to withdraw rent directly from the um, LLC's bank account. Um, and it tells you, you know, what percentage you own. And we have an active secondary market, which means, you know, let's say you've owned a property for a few years and you decide, you know, there's another more attractive property. I want to roll my funds into the new one. You can just list your um, interest for sale on our platform and someone else who's interested can come and buy it directly from you. And these are all peer-to-peer -peer exchange, uh, you know, trades where Lofty is not an intermediary. We build the technology so that um, there is no intermediary at all, but it's still uh, trustworthy and you can trust in the process. So that's overall how everything works on Lofty, what you actually own and how the investment works. Now, because you're the actual owner, what ends up happening is, um, you know, there's a third party property manager that handles the day-to-day -day stuff, right? Because you don't want to be the person picking up the phone call like at 3 a.m. when there's a leaking pipe or something. So they'll, they'll uh, vet the tenants, do, you know, credit background checks. Uh, they're the ones putting out the properties for lease uh, if it's currently empty. And they're the ones that handle all the day-to-day -day stuff. But anytime there is a need for ownership consent, right? Because the property manager is not the owner. They can't just do whatever they want. Um, you as an owner, along with your fellow owners, actually vote with your interest to determine how you want to move forward with the decision, right? And so an example might be, hey, uh, something's broken, like a back gate or something, and the property manager has gone out and gotten three different contractors, and they've all provided quotes, the invoices are attached, here's the context, what do you want to do? You can choose to not repair it if it's not, you know, if it's optional and not urgent, uh, you can then choose to repair it and so which uh, company would you like to go with and you would just vote as a as a user and everyone's votes are automatically compiled and the operating agreement of the llc says that for any decision to move forward you need a 60 percent supermajority, right and so the votes are tallied and if a decision reaches 60 percent, then it gets carried out passed on to the property manager and they implement it so this is not a passive investment platform it feels passive because, again, we removed all the annoying headaches, like of you trying to get a property manager on the phone, scheduling conflicts, things like that. Now you can just vote over email and it's uh, extremely uh, straightforward and takes you five to 10 minutes on the comfort of your own home on your laptop, right? So that's how all overall the platform works, how you manage it, um, how you're able to invest and what you actually legally owe. Well, that's really, really cool. You know, if you think about it, a lot of the the real estate that's available that's fractional is passive. You know, you own a fractional interest, and uh, there's some sort of manager exactly. that that has yep. all the rights, and 
um, you know, there's nothing wrong with that model at all. And, and passive investing certainly has its place as well. This is cool because it's really it's really fractionalizing real estate into small tranches uh, while still allowing you to be a, an active investor in the deal. So uh, if if the property needs to be painted, um, you know, or or what color to paint it or whether or not, uh, you know, they're going to upgrade this or change this, all of that, okay. uh, you still have a voice in you know, through a, a vote. And that that vote is managed through Lofty, if I understand correctly, um, and and. Uh, cascaded on to the property manager as far as how to act? Yeah. So I wouldn't say we manage it. It's more that we facilitate it and we build the technology that allows this communication to, to work effectively. Right. So one of the beautiful things about our platform is that, like I said before, fractional real estate actually has always existed. It's just that because of the nature of, you know, you can't necessarily trust strangers online all the time. Um, most people do it with friends and family, but it's extremely common here in the United States for groups of, you know, colleagues who have worked together yep. for a long time, family members, friends, um, to pool money together and, and go and invest in a house and rent it out. Uh, and then they would collectively manage it together, right? So that process isn't new and we didn't invent it. We just figure out the way to build the technology so that you can extend this instead of just four or five people, it can be 400 people and they don't have to be your friends anymore. You don't even need to know who they are. All you need to know is that everybody wants to make money. Everyone has a vested interest to have this investment do as well as it possibly can. And we build the technology to allow this group of people to communicate and effectively make collective decisions together. Well, I think you just said something that really, to me, kind of puts the bow on the the fractional ownership because one of the one of the dangers um, and challenges for fractional ownership is, yeah, who who am I owning this alongside? You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, is Jerry going to hold up his end of the bargain like we agreed to, and how does all that work? Yeah. What's nice about the peer to peer is that you've got really you fractionalize it to a point uh, where everybody does have the same goal, right? And that is to yeah. make money, and no one person in that ownership pool really has any different of expectations because they all bought fractional ownership. You know, anyone that really wants full control or wants to manage it themselves, or, this probably wouldn't be the platform of choice for them to begin with. They'd probably go the more traditional route, set up their own LLC and, and have full control. This is really the best of both worlds because it allows you to vet property a little easier. It allows you to diversify money across multiple properties, much easier, lower quantities. Um, but it still gives you that ability to be part of the decision making and part of the the deal itself. So what what a really cool combination. Um, if we can keep that thread going, I'm going to kind of just mm -hmm. walk through, you know, make sure the 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 scenario still uh, makes you know sense. So I go on to to Lofty. I set up my account. I put you know 500 bucks into property A. Um, as there's th items that arise, uh, you know, I'm going to be part of that decision making pro process via proxy vote. Um, 60% supermajority, it's going to move forward. We don't get supermajority, it's going to be can. Yeah. Anywhere through that process, as I'm accruing income, I can withdraw that. So if I make 20 bucks a month in, mm -hmm. in my portion yeah. of rent, uh, net of expenses, right? I can withdraw that, mm -hmm. um, which is really cool. You know, I can, can have access to that. So now let's translate that into, um, I decided, you know what? I've made money off this for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd like to get my 500 bucks or maybe more, assuming that it's gone up in value. How do I get my money out? 
how do I liquidate, yeah. sell um, in, uh, in a fractional ownership environment? Yeah. Um, and so the same way that you just, you bought into it, right? So when you're looking at these properties and you say, I'm interested, a lot of times when you're buying these uh, interests, you're not buying them from the original seller anymore. You're not buying them from us. You're actually buying it just from another owner who's, uh, who was previously a, a member of that LLC. So it's the exact same process when you know, you're able to buy, but you can also list your shares for sale through the marketplace, right? So that's one way to liquidate. And it works really well if you are a very minority owner, if you own 1%, 0.1% and things like that, and you just want to get your money out quickly, deploy it elsewhere, it's very effective for that, right? And that gives you an option um, that makes real estate a lot more liquid than, than typically uh, yeah. people can experience, right? Um, now, of course, it's still not like trading stocks. So you, I just want to set expectations. It's not like you... Uh, make a listing and then immediately in one second it sells out, right? You could, if you're crazy and you price the, um, you know, interest at 50% discount to the market value, then yeah, actually we've seen that happen with some people. Like immediately someone's just like stalking the um, order book. They'll come in like, wow, what a great deal. I just bought a house for, you know, ownership and a house for 50% off. Like people will take that immediately. Um, so that's kind of how it works. Otherwise, if you want to price it at the market price, um, typically, it takes about a month and a half, which is still on average, like pretty, pretty significantly better than uh, a lot of real estate markets. Um, so that's how you would sell. Now, if you're a large majority owner, like if you own substantially more tokens in, in a property, um, what you can actually do is if you want to, and even the minority owners could propose this as well. Any owner in a property can, it's their right, they can actually propose a vote, even if they only own like one share in the entire outstanding pool. Um, and you can actually propose to sell the underlying property as well. So that's actually already happened four times on the platform. Um, and you, you basically retain an agent. You guys vote on which <laughs> agent to actually use. You, you know, they give you some recommended listing prices. Um, you vote on whether you want to accept that or not. Property goes up for sale. You see it on the MLS and hopefully someone comes along and, and buys it. And then it goes through a typical um, escrow and closing process, at which point the, the, the funds... Um, from the proceeds will be sent to the LLC's bank account. And then you would basically hand in your shares to us and then we would send you the redemption. Um, and then this is how you're able to liquidate a property if you like as well. So those are the two methods um, to essentially, you know, get funds out. So you've got the ability to, to really create liquidity uh, and be a secondary market for just your fractional shares. Uh, and then any one of these investments or investors always has the ability uh, to propose a, a full sale. And that really is yeah. a traditional exit, right? I mean, I think we would exactly. refer to that as kind of a full cycle deal. You bought it, you held yeah. it uh, yeah. for whatever reason, maybe market conditions, uh, you know, became very attractive to sell it. Uh, yeah. I propose it regardless of the number of shares I have. And as long as yeah. we get super majority, we're, we're on our way to sell it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to even extreme, we always say it, but a lot of people don't either like don't believe us or don't understand the realm of possibilities, but truly we don't manage anything for you. So you guys are self-managing and that means you can do whatever you want as long as it's, you know, technically speaking legal, right? Like if you say, yeah, let's burn down the house for insurance money. Like we'll say, you know, we're not going to be in the middle of that. Um, but anything else, you know, that's legal where we're able to kind of um, help you facilitate. And so one example is after the sale, uh, the sale of the property, 
if 100% of the owners actually agree to this, right, you can actually do a 1031 exchange, which is nobody redeem anything and you roll the funds into another investment of like property and then you don't get taxed on the uh, profits. Um, and so there's a lot of these benefits and, and flexibility in the ownership um, structure. You can basically propose and vote on whatever you like. Yeah, you know, it, it is, uh, it, it's really amazing because typically, you know, when you get into fractional investments, you really give up um, all, and I shouldn't say give up. You voluntarily give up what you don't want. You know, you buy passively. Yeah. Um, this is this is really a, a a cool intermediary because you don't have to give up uh, the ability to be part of the investment and and have a little more hands on approach to it. Um, but at the same time, you're also not the sole owner dealing with toilets and tenants and all the, you know, what can be perceived as headaches um, of, yeah. of owning real estate. Um, and then the fact exactly. that you can still execute 1031s and other things is is yeah. really cool. What is the average, uh, it, it, sorry to put you on the spot numerically, but mm -hmm. what's the average number of investors that participate in a deal? Um, and yeah. I know that probably runs the gamut based on the price of the deal, but you know, is there kind exactly. of a number of investors that, that I'm going to be uh, alongside if I were to invest in a deal? What's, what are you seeing? Um, the distribution is honestly quite varied, and you're very much right. It depends largely on the price of the deal um, with, you know, higher prices means more investors. So we've seen anywhere from a low of 40 on a property that's maybe worth about $150,000 um, uh, nominally on that deal to maybe six, 700 on a deal that is worth wow. nominally around a million dollars. Okay. Yeah. So, so you so do you're... see that wide range. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and I suppose that makes sense. You know, your your investors probably, um, you know, on on the platform are really looking to diversify amongst a series of properties. So even if they had more money, um, you know, they may not increase the amount that they invest in any one property. They just would buy more properties yeah, uh, yeah. through the process. Um, what, what, what haven't I asked or, you know, what, what Jerry is anything on the platform or, uh, you know, that, that Lofty does or offers that that's pretty cool or unique or different that our listeners uh, should know is we kind of wrap, uh, you know, wrap the, uh, the podcast up today. Yeah. Um, so two quick things I'll sort of, um, add just before we wrap one is, um, you know, what the technology and the platform is actually built on the blockchain, right? but doesn't necessarily require cryptocurrency per se. Um, what we've done is wrap the technology. It's, we're using it essentially as the plumbing um, as much as possible. And so you don't need to be experienced or understand blockchain or cryptocurrency in order to use it. But a lot of the benefits that I mentioned, like, hey, how are you able to trade peer to peer directly without an intermediary, right? Um, traditionally, like that was, seems like impossible are all feasible because of the technology. But I would say for people that are scared of cryptocurrency or don't understand it, um, I would say there's really um, no setbacks as far as, uh, you know, using our platform, mainly because we very intentionally built it so that you don't need to know or understand any blockchain stuff to be able to use it. Um, you know, there are still wallets, like you hold your interest in your cryptocurrency wallet, but it's created for you when you create an account. And instead of you know, understanding private keys and all those crazy complicated things, you just click buttons on a website and you can operate everything uh, as is. So it's an experience that everyone is actually able to understand it and, and uh, use. So, so that's one. Then um, the second thing is um, our platform is actually very, very, very 
flexible, like the structure, uh, the legal structure and how everything works. So you kind of mentioned, you know, if someone uh, wanted to own the house outright, um, you know, they might not necessarily come here. But the funny thing is actually we do have users like that. They still <laughs> weirdly prefer um, our platform, mainly because, you know, there's no buy or there's no restriction to say you can't own 100% of the shares yourself, at which point you're just a sole owner, right? But they may still want to do this because, again, they get to manage and do things just virtually online, which is significantly easier. All the diligence documents are standardized and always provided to them, so they don't have to worry about that. Um, and then they don't have to deal with traditional um, title escrow closing and all that work, um, you know. And lastly, um, they actually benefit from economies of scale. So, for example, um, there are third-party property managers and other services like insurance providers, right, for, for renters insurance, home insurance that come to our platform and say, hey, you know, you have a lot of users, you have a lot of properties, like we would love to offer our services to your users. And over time, we quickly realized because we have you know, so many properties, so many users, you can, it's kind of like Costco, you can start commanding economies of scale and say, sure, we'll, we'll, t you know, tell our users, like you made this offer, they have the option of voting and switching over to your insurance. But what are you going to give them, right? Like, why would they waste all this time just to switch? And so start, you know, you start seeing a lot of discounts and bulk discounts offered onto our platform, especially from institutional property managers that normally wouldn't work with, retail investors who only own one rental property, right? Because it's just not worth it for them. But when owners on our platform vote, they sometimes vote to onboard, you know, 50 properties all to one property manager, right? Uh, that's institutional grade and can handle something that scale. And so they'll come to us and they'll say, okay, well, if your owners are able to do that, um, instead of charging you the typical 10%, we might charge you like 7% on the property management fee, right? Insurance might say instead of, X dollars will charge you Y dollars per year instead. And so what ends up happening is actually quite interesting. If you were to go out, invest in your own property in one of the markets that's available on our platform, use the exact same property manager, use the exact insurance company, you would end up making less money because it's just more expensive if you were to do it individually. But if you did it through our platform, right, you get to save on a lot of work, but just purely from a, a cost side, um, you actually pay less. And so your overall net return over many years, um, you get to compound a little bit more. That's impressive. And and certainly economies of scale is probably the biggest challenge for most investors in, you know, scaling in real estate, especially on the residential side is it's it's very mm -hmm. expensive. Yeah. Um, so if they can leverage not only the platform to, to find and diligence properties, but also uh, to, to hold them on a blockchain and, um, you know, take advantage of economies of scale, I can see why this isn't just for fractional ownership. I mean, you, you certainly could be a, a full-time investor owning, you know, 100% of the tokens of any one of these yeah. properties and doing it very happily. Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, the structure is very flexible. So we have individual owners that have accounts on the platform. We have entities, so company accounts, institutional accounts. You can invest and, in, you know, you can actually do it through an IRA, if you would like, through the platform. So you benefit from all the additional tax advantages there. Um, you can, you know, we have people uh, with trust accounts, right? So it's it's very flexible, kind of whatever you want to do. Like I always say, go back up at the top level is whatever you want to do in real estate, um, you can do it on Lofty. 
Um, it's just that now you don't deal with the annoying paperwork and all the inefficiencies and manual process that literally every person hates. Um, but you get to retain all the other benefits. Uh, it, it uh, you know, in the, the IRA piece, we, we, you know, I think maybe is a good, good item to wrap up on, you know, certainly the IRA is near and dear to us. You know, we believe in, yeah. in the tax-free and tax advantage investing coupled with, um, you know, good, solid investment strategy in real estate uh, certainly has a place in that discussion. So uh, love the fact that, that clients can take retirement accounts uh, and, and something that really plays well in, with Lofty and, and IRAs is that, you know, one of the challenges for a lot of IRA owners is that they want to buy real estate. They like it as an asset class. But really, if they don't have, you know, a decent amount of money, they feel like, well, there's no way I can go enter exactly. uh, the real estate yep. market. And so uh, this really allows, you know, a five hundred or a thousand dollar IRA account can be a real estate investor uh, through Lofty today. We're probably with a thousand bucks. It'd be pretty hard in the traditional sense to go out and create Mm -hmm. uh, a similar structure. So lo love what you guys are doing over there. Congratulations uh, on all your success. Uh, I'm sure uh, hopefully you. we can get you back on the show here, uh, you know, down the road. And 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 I'm excited to see where uh, where that road takes you guys and takes Lofty. Yeah, I'd love to come back if you guys will have me. Awesome. Well, before we we let you uh, let you go completely, we're going to wrap up with our learn before you burn segment. Uh, this is where, uh, you know, we ask our uh, guests to give us a little bit of, uh, of uh, a lesson that you learned the hard way uh, so that maybe our listeners can get the same lesson, but not necessarily have to learn it the hard way. So Jerry, I'm going to put you on the spot in closing here. Uh, what's some guidance that learn before you burn uh, advice or guidance that you'd share with, uh, with our listeners today? Yeah, I would say, you know, to keep on the theme of what we've been talking about, which is real estate investing. Um, I think diversification is absolutely key um i think it's one of the reasons why passive investing in real estate has its place and why a lot of people do love it is because of that that's one of the main benefits otherwise again it's just so expensive it's hard to diversify in real estate but you know facilitating the communications between the property managers and, and the owners of over 140 different properties for the last two years that are in different neighborhoods different asset class some are in class a class b neighborhoods others are unfortunately, kind of like in the slums, like class C, class D neighborhoods, right? That have higher yield, but significantly higher risk. We've seen like everything under the sun, like problems with tenants, like, you know, uh, like issues that come up, you know, um, it, it just unfortunately is a part of investing in real estate. And so truly, um, we've come to learn that the smartest thing to do is to diversify and don't purely chase yield. Um, because we've seen, you know, users that do that get burned and and unfortunately it's it's tough and people come back and say oh i thought you know you just rented out to someone like i didn't know all these things would go wrong and these things would happen like well <laughs> welcome to real estate investing if you right. you know it, it's just part of the risks and uh it's, it's smarter for you to diversify well jerry that's fantastic guidance i couldn't agree with it more and and uh, i i appreciate the fact that lofty is helping make diversification even easier um, you know, by offering so many different, uh, you know, pieces of real estate on a, a marketplace and on a platform uh, where people can put small increments into large uh, number of properties. So congratulations again on, on everything you guys are doing. Thanks for your time today, Jerry. Look forward to uh, chatting down the road. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate being here. 
Thanks, everybody, uh, for, for taking the time to listen to us today. Remember to hit that like, share, and subscribe button or leave us uh, hopefully a five-star review so you can tell others uh, you know, the, uh, the story around uh, the, the value that we're bringing to you guys and hopefully uh, bring more people into the fold. So until next time, happy investing and take care, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We hope the information within this podcast has given you the tools that you need to find your way to financial independence. We would love to partner with you on this journey. Text ALTS, that's A-L-T-S, to 407-708-1853 to learn more about how to get started today. Don't forget to follow us to make sure you don't miss a second of content, and we'll see you next week.